So earlier in the service, we found out how many different countries, how many different places uh, we've come from to be part of uh, our Camborne congregation. And we've been reading, as Christine has read to us, about uh, an early church, a first century church, which also had people from many different places in it. This is the church in Antioch. Antioch was actually a big city, very much bigger than Camborne. It was a city possibly of half a million people. Uh, in terms of the Roman Empire, that area around the Mediterranean especially, uh, Rome was bigger and Alexandra was bigger, but this was the third city of the empire, so it was really big. And people came to this city. They were looking for work. Uh, they had family there. And as I said, if you think about the adults in our congregation here in Camborne, uh, not one of them has been born here. And Antioch was a little bit like that. People were, were coming there from different places, a city like in the UK, Birmingham or Manchester, uh, with a lot of religious diversity and ethnic diversity and cultural diversity in the city. Also, uh, a city that felt it was very advanced. It had uh, street lighting. And uh, it's taken some of our other countries a little bit longer to get to uh, street lighting, but there they had it. They had running water, and they were proud of this city. And here, a Christian community emerges. Here, these disciples, these followers of Jesus, were first called Christians, Christ's ones, the ones for whom Christ was really important. So they weren't called Anglicans, they weren't called Presbyterians, they weren't called Baptists or Methodists or anything like that. They were called Christians. And we kind of like that here in Camborne, being a multi-denominational church. The fact that something holds us together, and that something is being disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. And this church in Antioch, in this big city, and a church which became actually a big church, uh, had this view it is Christ who holds us together. So how did this church start? Well, uh, it started by people traveling. And uh, if you just look up on the top right-hand side, you'll see Syrian Antioch. Can you see it right up there, top right-hand corner? So this is Antioch, and it's Syria. So we hear a lot about Syria. We know uh, where Syria is. And the arrow is important. There's an arrow going towards Antioch because some of those first people who started the church were from Cyrene. You know where Cyrene is? It's in Libya. So people were traveling all across the Mediterranean and some of these first Christians, these early Christians, landed up in Antioch and were amongst the people who started the church. And they spoke to Greek people. There was lots of different people in Antioch. And as the church grew, and it says a lot of people believed in Jesus, uh, they said, we're going to need some more help. We're going to need some more people to come and to help these new Christians, these young Christians. And so they sent a message back to Jerusalem, which was the home church in that early period. And they said, can you send us somebody to help us? And they sent a man called Barnabas, along. And Barnabas arrived and he said, there's a little bit too much work here for me. I need somebody else. And he got Saul, who became Paul, St. Paul. 
to come and help as well. So here's a church that is growing. It's a diverse church. And I want to ask, first of all, who were some of the people in the church? These are not strictly the people that were in the church, but they give us an idea of how many different peoples were part of Antioch and were part of the church. And we know some of these different people that were there because they're named. We're told about them. Uh, Barnabas himself came from Cyprus, so he wasn't from Antioch. He came from another place from Cyprus, from the island of Cyprus. He was a Jew by background, a Hellenistic Jew. Simeon, Niger, uh, was an African. Uh, That's almost certainly the case. Uh, Lucius was from Cyrene, so that long arrow on there across the Mediterranean, that's where he came from in uh, Libya, a North African Latin uh, culture of North Africa. Uh, Manaean was uh, probably a Palestinian and uh, was Greek-speaking, probably. And Saul was from Tarsus uh, and had links with Jerusalem and, of course, was very much a Hebraic Jew. So there's something about all these people who were these first leaders of the church in Antioch. None of them came from Antioch. So this just shows us how much mobility there was around, that people were traveling and this church was making connections uh, with this mobile population. And it's impressive. It's impressive because of the socioeconomic variety that there was in the church. Manaean had been brought up in Herod's household. There's a little word there that talks about him having the same nurse. So it wasn't that he was somebody on the fringe of the household who was just doing some odd jobs around the place, but he was right at the center. He was part of this aristocratic family. So that was his background. But there are other people, of course, from very different uh, backgrounds and very different religious backgrounds, and as I've said, from different nationalities. So somehow, out of all this diversity, a church came together and cohered together and became one of the most powerful churches in that time and beyond that time. And in that very diverse city, it made connections with different parts of the city. No doubt Manaean had a whole circle of people that he knew uh, from the Herod connections, people that you wanted to keep on the right side of, some of those people, very, very powerful people. But he knew them, and he was able to speak about a Christian faith that had changed his life. There were the whole African population of Antioch, and these people who had come there from that part were able to connect Uh, with that part of the city. And many other parts of the city we know were affected uh, by uh, this early Christian community. And another thing that I think is really interesting is uh, the diversity of personality. What we know about these people suggests to us that they were not at all the same kind of people in terms of the way they looked at life. So Barnabas, who came first of all, Uh, was really sent because he was such an encouraging sort of guy to have around. He was somebody who everybody would go to when they had a problem, uh, and he would just be able to come alongside them uh, and speak to them. That was the type of person uh, that he was. Now, Saul, who became Paul, was not really that kind of person. If you had a problem, you might think twice about going uh, to speak to Paul, because he would say, 
Sort yourself out. Get on with the job. Don't waste my time with all your set of problems. I mean, maybe he was a bit more pastoral than that. But you can get that feeling, can't you? Uh, that he's got the goals that he's got for himself. And sometimes Barnabas, I think, had to pick up the pieces afterwards uh, because of uh, Paul having such a driving ambition, not for himself, but for the gospel of Jesus. So that's the church. And we're thinking during this series, when we're looking at different churches over the autumn period, uh, looking at different expressions of church, we're looking at it this way. We're looking at an in, and we're looking at an up, and we're looking at an out. You'll see this diagram probably again, so we'll have time to sort of process some of this. But what I've talked about up to now is really the in. This is people relating to one another. This is building a congregation, and we're, we're trying to do that here. We're trying to learn how to be together as a very diverse congregation. But also there is an up, and this is about how we relate to God. So we're not just here uh, to discover about each other, although that's very important, but we're here to discover about God. And that's the up. And in the church in Antioch, there's also quite a bit about that. So it starts really with the people, who's around, who's there. But then it says something was happening. They were worshipping the Lord, and they were fasting, and God spoke to them. And there's quite a bit about this, about prophets who spoke God's word, who actually predicted things that were going to happen, predicted a famine, and they were able to cope with that because of uh, that message that they received from God. But these leaders of the church were engaged in prophecy, listening to God, hearing what he had to say, speaking that out in teaching from the Word of God. But the whole congregation was worshipping the Lord and was engaged in prayer. And that's a massive challenge to us, isn't it? How can we see a whole group of people engaged with God, not just leaving it to one or two people, you know, they can do the praying for us, they can do the Bible study for us. And this is why we're trying to multiply the number of groups, these life groups, as we're beginning to call them, Uh, in the church. New ones are starting because we want to be involved in hearing from God and in connecting to God. And Barnabas, as well as being this encouraging sort of guy, is described as being someone filled with the Holy Spirit. And I like that. Actually, I want that. I want that for myself, I want it uh, for our small groups, I want it for our missional communities as they emerge, I want it for the whole church. And we do want that, don't we? We want to have our lives taken up by the Holy Spirit. So Barnabas is an example of someone uh, like that. But as they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke. And this church really was, and continued to be, a church where the Holy Spirit was doing things. When I say continued, it did continue, generation after generation. It didn't die out. That's the thing about the New Testament. You know, we read the New Testament and think, or at least I think, because I used to teach the story of the church, what happened next after that period? And we actually know quite a lot. We go to the 3rd century and the 4th century, and we find this church, this very church in Antioch, uh, produced one of the great leaders of the Christian church of the 4th century. His name was 
His name became, anyway, John Chrysostom, one of the great preachers, bishops of the church. And he was baptized there in that church at the age of 18. Uh, having not been particularly interested in what he was going to do with his life, he was baptized, uh, he became a leader, was ordained, and then became one of these people who wanted to see God working in the communities of the early church of that period because it was still the early church, but it was by that time uh, several generations on. And John Chrysostom said this about his preaching when he became the Bishop of Constantinople. He said, I don't want to let a day pass by without feeding you, the people, from the treasures of the Scripture. So let's, in our lives, never let a day pass by without some connection with God uh, through his word, through our prayers, through uh, the way in which uh, we live our lives. And that leads us, um, we've got the in, yes, we've got the up, yes, and we've got the out. And this is the third thing, because this kind of community was never going to stay just enjoying each other and enjoying God in the worship, but in the DNA of this church was an out, was a movement, because that's how it had started. It had started through people who were on the move, Christians from other places coming to Antioch. And so people went out from Antioch. And this is what the Holy Spirit said in this message when they were worshiping the Lord. The Holy Spirit says, said, separate me, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. I just love to know how that happened, wouldn't you? How that voice, you know, was it a voice? Did somebody say? There's a lot of examples of young people speaking out words in these early church contexts. There's many, many examples, not just the kind of top people in the church, but young people in the church saying, I believe this is what God is wanting us to do, and people listening to that. And so, somehow or other, this word uh, came, that people were to go. And it's difficult, isn't it, when people go away from you? We've had Vincent with us uh, in our church for this last year, and all that African spirit that he brought to us, he's gone, I'm missing him, I would love him to be here but he's taken up another ministry. He's doing God's work somewhere else, and we miss him. And of course, it's exactly those people who God calls to go, the people we miss. If we didn't miss them, they wouldn't be the kind of people to go, would they? Somebody has said, when you're wanting somebody to come and help you, the people you want are the people who we are going to miss. If we don't miss them, They don't want them. Uh, And uh, so here's people who are going to be missed going out, doing new things. Paul and Barnabas had been there for a year doing all this teaching, doing all this loving, in the case of Barnabas, and and Paul, I'm sure, as well. Uh, And they're going to go. And so mission takes place. The multiplication of the church is taking place. And that is something we're thinking about at this point. How does this multiply, this work in Camborne, multiply. What is the out? Where is God wanting us to see a vision beyond what is taking place at the moment? And one of the, one of the out bits is uh, the fact that we 
had the whole group going to Kenya. I don't know how many are here this morning who, who are in Kenya. Yeah. So you guys, anymore around? Um, you're part of this whole out thing, yeah? Uh, and what is really interesting is at the end of chapter 14 of the passage, we didn't read right on to that, uh, but Paul and Barnabas went on a whole journey, the missionary journey, and then they came back and they reported back what had been happening. And the church at Antioch said, yeah, that's all part of our mission. That's all part of our out. So that's part of what we're thinking. You know, we've, we're already hearing things, aren't we, about what happened in Kenya. And we want to hear more and we want to be part of something bigger than just where we are at the moment. So there's an in. There's a whole crowd of people that we are part of. And there's an up because God is here and he's speaking and we're listening, hopefully, uh, to the things that he wants to say to us, especially at this time in the story of our church. And we know uh, that he is in the business, God is in the business of the going out. We know that God so loved the whole world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever, from wherever, believes in him, will have life, will have life eternal. And it's that great message that we're going out into Camborne and into beyond Camborne to share. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.